Good morning, everybody. Um, Graham, I just loved your story. Thank you for sharing that with us. I think I loved it so much because it was so different from my story. I became a Christian when I was seven. So I did grow up in a Christian home, and at the age of seven, Jesus became just so real to me, and I opened my heart to him, and I've been walking with him ever since. But our stories are all so different, aren't they? And I hope you know today that you have a story. It may be different from Graham's, it may be different from mine, but you have a story. Whenever Jesus interrupts our lives, and shows himself to us. We have a story. And God will put people in your life that need to hear your specific story. And I love what Graham does. He had his story in his mind. He knows what he needs to share, just briefly. And it's so good for us to have our story briefly in our mind, so that if someone asks us, we can share it quite easily with them. And if anything, I want you to go away this morning knowing that you have a story. All your stories are important. So be ready with them. Um, I'm gonna speak for about 15 minutes. I realize that we've already had such an amazing um, teaching just through Graham's story, but I think God still wants to do something. So I'm gonna take 15 minutes to teach you something this morning. You know, before Graham became a Christian, There was a heart there in him to worship, but he didn't know who to worship. And so his worship would have been directed somewhere else. Every human is born with a heart to worship, but when it's not directed to your creator, it gets directed to other things. And that's why you see people worshiping money, you see people worshiping another person, you see people worshiping their children or adventurism. People worship all different other things because it's not directed to their creator. And then when you come to know Jesus, everything finally makes sense. And you go, ah, that's who I'm meant to worship. And so we start worshiping. And so this morning, I wanna share just very briefly about singing and worship. And hopefully, you will walk out of here seeing singing a little bit differently from how you have normally. This morning, we are going to learn a lesson from the canary bird. Do you all know what a canary looks like? There he is. That's a canary, beautiful yellow canary. And the canary is known as the songbird because do you know that a canary is always singing? That's what their name is the songbird because it's always singing. It was created to sing. And here it is flying free, you can see that, and we would say, well, why wouldn't he be singing? He's flying out in the open, there's no restrictions, life is how it's meant to be, so of course the canary would be singing while it's flying out in the open. But the amazing thing about a canary is that it even sings when it's in captivity. So here's a picture of a canary in captivity in a cage. It even sings in the dark. In the early 1900s, canaries were used in coal mines all around the world. So the miners used to take a canary in a cage down the mine shaft, and the canary would be able to detect carbon monoxide and other poisonous gases before humans could detect them. So as the miners are carrying the canary in the cage, the canary's singing all the time, because that's what canaries do, they sing. 
And as the miners heard that the canary started to sing less or softer or even stop, they knew they were in danger and they would head back up the shaft. And that's how canaries were used. Canaries would sing whether they were flying free or whether they were in captivity in the dark. Because their singing was not based on their situation or their environment, they would sing because they were born to sing. So their situation, even though it changed, would not stop it from singing. I think canaries can teach us something. The world needs to see a church who sings. And not only a church who sings in the good times, but a church who also knows how to sing in the dark times, in the difficult times, when life is going not so well, when life is going on a direction that we possibly haven't chosen for ourselves. The, church needs, the world needs to see a church that sings even in the dark times. We sing together every Sunday morning when we come here. And we also sing at home. I hope you sing at home. Some of you sing in the car. Some of you sing in your house. Some of you even sing in the shower. But we sing. We worship at home as well as here on a Sunday morning. But you know, when we start off singing and our singing turns into worship, something very powerful happens. You see, I can sing but I can think about something else. Even today, I could be standing there singing, but my mind could be on what lunch I'm gonna cook when I get home. That's singing. But when I worship, when my mind is engaged with my creator, when my soul and my heart are actually singing to him, that's worship. And when we worship, something powerful happens. Because Psalm 22 tells us this, God inhabits the praises of his people. The word inhabits means he lives in the praises. If I inhabit my home, I live in my home. So that's telling us that God, when we as his people start to worship, not just sing, but when we worship, he inhabits the praises of his people. God presences himself here when we really worship. And if God presences himself here, things start to happen. Because where God is, things will start to happen. So we get refreshed. Who of you have ever felt refreshed? You come in weary, you leave feeling different. That's the power of worship, refreshed. We get refueled. Maybe your faith is just running low and we get refueled in worship. We get realigned. Sometimes the week, because it's been crazy, takes us off a little bit. And back here, we get realigned into the purposes of God. So it refreshes us, it refuels us, it realigns us. Fears are broken in worship. Addictions are broken in worship. Things that hold us get broken in worship because God is present when we really worship. We even hear the voice of our Father when we worship, because he's here, and you might get a thought in your head that you just go, where did that come from? It's the voice of the Father speaking to you while we are worshiping. Worship is so powerful that it's not just for us here in this room. Do you know that as we worship, 
the spiritual climate in Bar and in Zug can change. That's how powerful worship is. As we start worshiping, things start to happen in the heavenly realms, which affects the people out there. In Bar, where we are, but also in Zug. Worship is powerful. And so people who have never desired God, all of a sudden, they start to get a desire for God. Questions start turning around in their mind because the church is worshiping. Heaven starts to impact earth outside of these four walls. Darkness flees, light increases. The world needs a church who sings slash worships because things happen when we worship. I wonder, Graham, on that Sunday when you gave your heart to Jesus, in the worship where the stuff wasn't happening, that was then affecting your response later on. Our worship in church is so important. We need to move often from singing to worship. And we need to be a church like the canary who doesn't just worship in the good time, but has learned to worship even in the difficult times. Us humans tend to worship easily in the good times, don't we? Young people, it's so easy. When you've had a good week, you come in, it's easy to worship. But when it's been a tough week at school, it's hard to worship. Tough week at work, hard to worship. We're not alone. The Israelites were just like us. I'm going to read you a verse from, uh, if you can put it up there, one of the Psalms. Psalm 137, so the background to this is, the Israelites knew how to worship their God, and they would often use instruments to help them worship. Now, in this period of time, the Babylonians had come, and they had taken the Israelites into captivity. So that they were like that bird, the canary bird in a cage. They were in captivity, there was no hope, they never saw their way out under the rulership of the Babylonians. And this is what it says. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars, poplars are trees, there on the poplars we hung our harps. For there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? They were in a hard situation. They had taken their harps and said, we're no longer going to worship. And they had put their worships hanging on a tree, their harps on a tree. And the Babylonians were looking, saying, you were always a people who worshipped. What's happening now? And they said, we can't worship. We're in captivity. Their situation and their circumstance changed. Therefore, their worship changed. And if we base our worship of God on how good our situation is, then our worship is gonna come and go, come and go. Be strong, be weak, be strong, be weak. Because the seasons in our life change all the time. In one season we're healthy, in another season we may not be healthy. In one season we may have a good financial time, in another season we may hit some hard times. Maybe in one season we have really good family relationships and then things fall apart and we're struggling. Our worship cannot be based on our situation. It needs to be based on who God is. Because when we base our worship on who God is, it remains constant. Because God remains constant. He's always faithful. He's always good. 
He's always forgiving. His love, love will always be for you. That never changes. Who our wonderful God is doesn't change. And if we base our worship on that, then our worship remains constant in the dark times and in the good times, just like a canary. Habakkuk, some of you will remember in the book of Habakkuk, um, he was a prophet and um, he had learned this lesson. So unlike the Israelites, this is what Habakkuk had come to know, if you can put it up. Um, they relied very heavily on their crops and on their cattle and in this particular situation, he had lost all his crops and he had lost all his cattle. But this is what he says. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. That's an incredible statement from a man who's lost everything and there is no social welfare to help him out. There's no reserves in the bank that he can fall back on. He's got nothing. And yet he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord because he's basing his worship on who God is. And all of a sudden he can worship in a very dark time, just like the canary. I was recently in South Africa. I got back a week ago. And while I was there, Um, In my particular province, which is Natal, there were protests against a decision that our government had made. And so over a course of two days, the protests turned into looting and into violence. And within five days, we we had had 159 shopping malls looted, completely desolated, and many of them were burned to the ground. They lost 40,000 businesses in Natal over five days because the protests had just become so violent and people had literally gone into shopping malls, gone into businesses, and just created devastation. And a family we know who are committed Christians, they own some businesses in Natal. And when this happened, when they heard what was happening, they went down to see if their businesses were okay. And when they got there, they discovered that their businesses were completely destroyed. Everything had been looted. Some of them had been burned to the ground. And while they were there, the lady, the wife, saw a piano that had been left on the side. Obviously, it was too heavy for the looters to carry away with everything else, and so the piano was left standing. And she stood by the piano and she started to worship. And someone captured her on video, and I would like to show it to you now. Um, The sound is not good, the singing is not good, but I want you to catch the heart of someone who knows what it is to worship in devastation. I really believe that um, the world needs to see a church who worships in devastation and not just when times are good, because that speaks a whole lot more than when they just see us living a good life. And um, she's learned what it is to worship a God because of who he is, not because of a situation on earth. And I just think that speaks volumes. Some of you may not be Christians this morning, and um, you are here with us, 
and you're still asking questions and you're still looking in. Um, but I just felt to tell you this morning that you're not here by accident because God desires to reveal himself to all people. And God revealed himself to Graham little by little by little and eventually Graham opened his heart to him and um, he started to worship the living God. And I don't believe you here by accident, but I do wanna tell you this, that God is so worthy of worship. Once you know him, he is so worthy of worship. Do you know that millions upon millions of angels worship him 24 seven? They never stop singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Because the angels know he's the only one who has brought salvation for humans. He's the only one who can give us salvation. We cannot rescue ourselves. It's only Jesus, his death and his resurrection on the cross. And so the angels worship 24 seven, holy, holy, holy. And for us as humans, what a privilege it is to be able to join in worship to this incredible God who not only gives us salvation, but so much more. And so my encouragement to you this morning, church, Maybe some of you have taken your harps and you've hung them up on a tree because of whatever situation you're going through. And I want to encourage you to take your harp down and to start worshiping again. Because therein lies your deliverance. When we start to worship, God inhabits the praises of his people and things happen. So the devil would want us to stop worshiping. But when we worship, things start to happen. And so take your harp off of the tree and start to worship again. And maybe singing in church on a Sunday morning has become quite common. I want us to always remember as we come in here, let's move from singing to worship. Let's move from singing to worship. Because when we worship, not only do we get affected, but Zug gets affected. And so that is my message to you this morning that I just felt to share with you. Um, be like a canary, sing in the good times, sing in the, ba in the bad times because you were born to sing. <laughs>